your soul is constantly like it's working in your favor you may do things or you may see things in your material world or you may suppress things or you move towards the things that are not aligned for you but it's still trying to pull you towards what's meant for you so that that's what i felt like i was just getting in my own way by kind of being in my head and not being in my body enough and not connecting with my desire it was after a number of failed relationships several moving from different job opportunities that were in alignment you know for me it almost came through like visions almost at point where i just realized it was a very strong awakening so to speak very like to the point where i wasn't sure what was happening like mm-hmm. i was questioning my own sanity i'm like am i seeing or hearing what i think i'm hearing but that was enough for the shift to happen because i knew i knew i couldn't deny the experience that i was having so it was enough for me to really stop and say look and let me let me see if i look inwards let me see how my life would shift Welcome back to the North Star podcast. Oh, it feels so good to say that. It's been a little bit. I am back from vacation. Just got back from nice two weeks that flew by so, so, so quickly in Italy. I feel like I haven't taken a proper vacation with real, you know, real time off. I mean, I still did a little bit of work here and there, but nothing, nothing significant. And it was such a rejuvenating experience. One that I know it sounds so obvious to say that, right? But I feel like once you're self-employed, it it can be hard to disconnect. And it was, it was helpful for me to look back on the past few years and, and really reflect on the fact that I haven't again, taken like true time off and just realize like, man, I really, really could use this. I, I could use a reset and I think it's going to be really nourishing for my creativity, my inspiration, my mind, body, soul at large. And it was, but I am excited to be back. And I guess that's what a refresher does to you, because I will say that I was feeling rather, um, rather overwhelmed, rather uninspired prior to going. And I think that's a pretty good clue that rest is needed, right? And, and so in any case, I am back. I'm happy to share this episode with you guys. It's with the incredible soul that is Patrick Dinkwa. Patrick is a human design business and transformational coach. He is also the host of the Raw to Real podcast, which there is an episode over there that will be out in a bit with myself. So I suppose stay tuned for that if you're interested in hearing another conversation between the two of us, but again, on his show, Raw to Real. And yeah, my gosh, but you know, more than this, more than these titles, because, you know, titles are great. They do describe who we are. I just need to say he is such an incredible soul. We've never met in the flesh, but he's one of these people that you can connect with, I feel so deeply and so quickly, just because he's so open and so authentic himself. So really good walking symbol, let's say, for the work that he does. He's just, you can just tell that he's done the inner work. He's also a fellow Torontonian, 
And so it's always beautiful to connect with someone from the city where I grew up and I lived so many years of my life. Anyway, as to this exact episode and what we talk about, so what I love about people in this field is that they've always been through quite the spiritual awakening. I mean, you don't really come into coaching people on human design and often not even on transformational properties of themselves unless yeah unless they've been through a spiritual awakening and and patrick really has such a unique i would say story it's really kind of it's sort of dramatic maybe not in the way that you would expect so i should say that too it's very and it's very surprising and yeah, it's just very interesting. So I'll just kind of leave it there. I'll let you guys listen to it. But it's beautiful. I love the way that he told it. I love the lessons that he gleaned from this, uh, you, you know, want to call it an intense or transformational period of his life. Um, and I love the lessons that he's able to, you know, go on and make universal for us. As you listen to this episode, I know that you'll gather you know quite a bit to apply to your own life based on his experiences and his extrapolations and then you know we also we also get into having to change your life post spiritual awakening right because you know we can go through these periods of growth and sometimes we stunt ourselves after that where we get caught in this weird place of knowing that we're you know, we're feeling different, we're more in tune with ourselves, and yet we have this external world filled with people, relationships, um, you know, perhaps activities that don't really reflect this growth that we've been through. And so we on we can live in this situation rather parallel lives in a way. And I'm not sure if you've been through that. I have um, for periods of time. And it's odd to say the least. It can be painful. It can feel, I remember feeling that way when I was transitioning out of the fashion industry. And I remember feeling like at the end of the day, I needed to wrap my ears, let's say, in a podcast that was spiritually focused what's really been interesting about my personal story and i wonder if you guys will relate is that now that i've been through that i've actually found myself interested all again in the fashion industry so i think it's really cool that once we can go through growth we can kind of come back to collect these pieces of ourselves and perhaps they fit into our lives in a different way now but we can reintegrate let's say certain aspects of ourselves that perhaps at one period in time we did have to leave behind in order to evolve and so in any case my point in really sharing that was that we can be in this place where we limit ourselves um, we limit our growth due to fear right like why would we move through life leading a sort of parallel life, double life, whatever you want to call it, unless we were fearful of making change. So when we can drop the fear as Patrick did and, and you know, we can embrace new relationships or we can be bold enough to transform the existing relationships in our lives so that they are aligned with who we are becoming. When we can let go of certain activities, let's say that are lower vibration for lack of a better description, and 
replace those with higher higher quality higher vibration activities so let's say swapping out partying for something a little bit more soul nourishing and that doesn't have to be the stereotypical yoga class it can be anything it can just <clears throat> excuse me it can just be you know a walk with a loved one or it can be going out to a restaurant and connecting on a deeper level when we do this we're really serving ourselves in such a high level and that's when our lives really really transform on the external physical plane and to we propel our inner transformation that much deeper so i think it's incredible that patrick was so open in sharing his story again i think it's a really unique story and i know that you'll gain so much from it you'll get so much inspiration he is yeah he's just a tree and so anyway i'm not going to rattle on but i will just rather leave you guys here and i'm wishing you a beautiful listening experience and i will see you on the other side there's a lot of shifts that are are happening but they're supposed to happen you know you know that feeling yeah sometimes things are supposed to happen that you just find yourself somewhere and sometimes you wonder why you're here but there's a reason for it Hold you on. know so you move or whether you relocate or something it's just I feel like a lot of that is happening for me right now and I, and I also feel like it's happening because I'm finally in a place where I come where I'm supposed to be it's been a journey of trying to get there yeah. But because I've been so, because I've been gripping onto like the old me for so long, it just took long to get yeah. here. <laughs> it's 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 wild how we can hear the advice all the time, or or just the saying like you're the one stepping, or you're the one in like your own way, and yet it's yeah. still. I mean, those are kind of words at the end of the day. It still takes so long for us to like really get out of our own way to. Um, to be where we want to be or where we're supposed or like our souls craving to be yeah it did like you know for me you know you had asked me like okay so like where uh, who are you where'd you come from and like, yeah you know like you know my for me my family and i want to talk about that point that you just made like in terms of getting out of your own way like for me um you know my family's from ghana west africa my mom came here when she was like 16. Oh. you know my mom just to give you some background, like my mom, she comes kind of comes from a big family, but in a very small village. And, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of emotional connection. Like my mom left to live um, at a boarding school when she was really young because yeah. her mom wanted to go to school. So she didn't have a really close connection with her family. Yeah. And then she came here when she was like 18. Um, wow. And she, my dad, very young. She had us in her twenties, and and it's my sister and I. And you know, great, great mother. I mean, she did what she, you know, she knew how to do things, just like we all do, but not emotionally um, connected. You know, mm. so I grew up in that type of household where, yeah. you know, okay, you're supposed to do this. This is, you know, we came here to give you an opportunity to do mm. the best that you. Do. We came from abroad, so make sure you work hard and do the things you're supposed to do not a big emotional connection so my sister and i did what we're supposed to do we went mm -hmm. to university started working like in it and some counseling um none of which really felt entirely aligned right i'm working at a 
an IT job like IBM back in the day. I'm not sure. Do you know IBM? Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. As this like account executive job with an IT firm and, and, you know, pays well, but I didn't feel entirely aligned. And then I'm also kind of doing some counseling on the side that felt more aligned, but I still wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do because mm. I wanted to work. I wanted more money because my mom's yeah. like, you got to make more money. You got to work hard. So like, I was always confused, you know, and then I also, uh, my entire life, I danced. So there's mm. like three things that are happening at the same time. So I'm working wow. in corporate IT and I'm doing some counseling, like this domestic violence counseling with men. And then I'm also like running a dance company because that was, for me, that was my release, right? And mm. you, know, you asked me then that dance is kind of the thing I wanted to do, mm. but I felt like I should be doing you know, maybe IT, but I'm also kind of getting pulled to the counseling and, but I felt confused and I did feel like I was getting in my own way because I wasn't, I was trying to intellectualize everything and right. think everything. Yeah. and then conditioning told me like, well, if you want to be successful as a man, and I'm not going to say this is a, you know, gender thing, very gender, um, you know, but I'm saying as a man, for me, I just felt like I need to go where the money is mm-hmm. and that hopefully everything would fall into place, right? But that's what I was kind of programmed to believe. Um, but because I was doing that and I wasn't happy and because there wasn't a big, we don't come from a big family with communication. Right. I felt like I turned, without realizing it, I, I turned towards out external material things to make me happy. So the job and the money was one thing. Um, substance alcohol drugs big attachment to that like I gripped onto that and at the time like I wouldn't I didn't realize there was, there was an emptiness there mm. but I felt like it's what was making me happy mm. it was filled with void but I didn't know it was a void at the time so for me it was just like oh this is fun like I saw it as fun right didn't damage um that came along with it because it it grows and it, yeah. the worse it gets, it's one of those things. But I was attracted to the lifestyle of like money and quick moving and success and nice clothing and alcohol and drugs. And 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 then you baked all those together. And I would notice that I still was unhappy with kind of everything else that was happening. Right. It was affecting my relationships, but I still didn't, I wasn't ready to let go of them. So I spent years um, trying to find happiness in jobs that were not aligned mm-hmm. and years um, masking things with substance, you know, and staying as busy as I can, like masquerading, like I'm, I'm doing success, I'm successful, but I'm mm-hmm. like not because mm-hmm. there was an emptiness and it's, you know, sometimes I would meet with people, you know, sometimes people can really see through you. So I would, meet, I would meet someone and they'd be like, you know, you appear to have everything together, but I can see that you don't. Wow. You know, some people can just see your soul. Like How did you have people like, like that in your life? Because I find, because <laughs> <laughs> I find at that point in my life, which was like 21, especially like for some reason that year comes up. I didn't have people like that in my life, which was a part of the issue. So who were those people for you? Or like, were they rare? Was that like most of your friends or? They were, uh, they were, are the artists 
of my friends. There mm. weren't a lot of them. Um, okay. I have a mixer, so I have, um, but he was, he was in the kind of artist um, scene. He'd be very um, an empath, like he could really read oh. your energy. Um, and, you know, he would do this thing, like he could really read people energetically. Um, mm. So everyone knew that about him, very mm. rare soul. And he just kind of looked at me and he could always see when I was off, out of oh. a line, right? Mm. Or he could see when maybe I was like, maybe mm. I was under the influence of something, but no one else could tell. And mm. I'm just, when I use the word masquerading around, like I'm trying to pose like I'm fine and mm. no one else could see it, but he could always feel it, you wow. know? And he said it to me, he said it to me once and it stuck with me. I'll never forget it. You know, he was looking into my eyes, just kind of quiet, but like looking almost through like through me into me yeah he goes listen um he goes I know a lot of people think that like you're fine but I can see that like there's an emptiness inside of you mm -hmm. and it threw me off because you know when you're wearing a disguise no one can see the person underneath it so I just got so used to almost fooling people right yeah. so for someone to say that and see me see behind the guys in the mask mm -hmm. it was powerful because it really made me think you know when someone can actually see you it's you stop and think like, okay like what what am i truly projecting or what do i need to work on for mm -hmm. someone to actually see me now it means like it's not working wow. right so yeah i had had that moment with them oh my gosh you know it's so crazy i just have to say i I swear to you, I had a parallel moment with a friend, also an artist, a painter, it was one of my only friends who was like quite a bit older, maybe 10-ish years older, that maybe more, I'm not even sure. And he kind of scared, like, it kind of scared me because like he was also one of these people, very penetrating, gay, yes. and would ask me questions that I was like, that's not true, you know, like, <laughs> like, what are you running away from? And I was like, what do you mean running away from? Like, I'm, I'm still pondering this to like years later, like, what was I running away from? And it's so incredible. How did you respond at that point in time? Like, for me, I really was like nervous. And I didn't know how to exactly take that in or how I, you know? when he said that to me, um, you know, he was one of the few people I, I was it's like, yeah, I'm working on it because I knew like it's a weird feeling when you're around people that, you know, like you said, they have this penetrating aura so they can see you, right? Yeah. They see almost like in, in human design, we have certain types like reflectors, like they, they sample the energy, your energy in the room so they can read how authentically aligned you are, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you can feel your energy. Yeah. So I also knew that there was no point in trying to lie to him, right? So that was... <laughs> And it's, it's a very vulnerable moment. So for me, I just said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm working on it. Hmm. And the conversation ended there, but it was almost like he had enough from what I said. He yeah. gained enough information and I also gained enough. And it was a very short dialogue between the two of us um, wow. because other people usually wouldn't pick it up. But then wow. it goes back to what you were saying. It's like you talked about getting in your own way. Like um, I do feel now I see it but that I've been, be, you're constantly being pulled towards what's meant for you. Mm. You can also suppress it. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing because I feel like your soul is constantly like it's working in your mm. favor, yeah. right? You may do things or you may see things in your material world or you may suppress things or you move towards the things that are not 
aligned for you, but it's still trying to pull you towards what's meant for you. Um, so that, that's what I felt like I was just getting in my own way by kind of being in my head and not mm. being in my body enough and not connecting with my desires mm. until I got to a point where, uh, for me, it was after a number of, um, failed relationships, several, um, I, out of the moving from different job opportunities that were in alignment, um, out of you know, for me, it almost came through like visions almost like, wow. or like a, a point where I just realized it was a very strong awakening, so to speak, very like to the point where I wasn't sure what was happening. Like mm-hmm. I was questioning my own sanity. I'm like, am I seeing or hearing what I think I'm hearing? But that was enough for the shift to happen wow. because I knew, I knew I couldn't deny the experience that I was having. So it was enough for me to really stop and say, okay, let me, let me see if I look inwards. Let me see how my life would shift. And that's the journey that brought me towards, you know, human design. And then it brought me towards, you know, raising my consciousness and my, that's where my spiritual journey began for me. Wow. And so these, these visions that you speak of, um, I'm trying to almost get a visual, I guess, in my mind. Like, were you seeing yourself in the future? Were these coming through the format of dreams? Uh, was it during the day, imaginings? Or how did that? They were, they were in the evenings. Mm-hmm. I was almost like prior to that um, self-medicating, so a lot of substance use still. Um very destructive behavior and the visions almost came like i'm not sure if you've done ayahuasca or it's come up so much with people but not personally so i haven't done it either Mm -hmm. Um, and i come from a very religious spiritual family but this was in the evening and almost like an attack so it wasn't a dream because i wasn't in a dream state um but I almost felt like, like a spiritual attack, like a like wow. where I was seeing these. And again, it sounds so far fetched, but like a serpent attack. Wow. Yeah. And um, it when it happened, I kind of passed out. Um, my sister was there, and I passed out, and I couldn't get up, and I had no energy to get up. And she was worried. She called the ambulance. And, you know, they had to rush me to, like, the, the hospital. And, and then, you know, everything was fine afterwards. But um, I couldn't shake the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was, it left me questioning a lot of things. Um, it was so outside of what I've ever experienced. Yeah. And, you know, I was also in somewhat of a normal state prior to that. So it was not like you know, you're hallucinating. And then, you know, so that's, that's the piece that, and I've never experienced anything like this either. Wow. Um, history of this for me. So that's what made it so much louder. That I felt like it was screaming at me. And I, 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 my interpretation after doing some research, and I'm not, I'm not sure what your thoughts are, but I almost felt like it was trying to get me to wake up, like just trying to, at first I saw it, Sorry, I'm kind of bumbling back and forth. But at first, at first, I, I was terrified of the experience. Mm-hmm. More research that I started to do, I, then I started to look at it from an angle like, 
the experience was there to to let you know that you are kind of poisoning yourself and mm. you know I need to love myself more and what I may be doing or what I'm surrounding myself with or what I'm putting my in my body is mm-hmm. poisonous. Wow. You know, and this serpent can also represent like that element of poison. So you are poisoning yourself. So this this is kind of like an awakening, like whether you get that from ayahuasca or like a kundalini serpent, you know, kundalini psychosis type of thing, or the experience right. you get from ayahuasca where it's the same idea, like if very much the way I describe that when I speak to people who've done ayahuasca, there are some parallels that I found. So I felt like this was my awakening, so to speak, like this, it's time to shift it. Like what you're doing is not serving you. And you need to know, you know, and we're trying to shake you up, so to speak. Yeah. So that's how I interpret it. But I don't know. What do you what do you think? Oh my I, goodness. I always hesitate to tell people this, but I've told when I speak to people about this, it's usually people like yourself that I feel like would have some understanding. Yeah, I I I absolutely like believe I don't know if that's the, like a question, but I totally believe <laughs> that you because I know some people, I, I definitely know certain people I'd be like, mm, maybe not um (laughs) but i completely believe that that happened for you and you know whatever realm that was in i mean it existed for for you to experience in you know whatever form that was and i think these these very spiritual experiences they the only way that i can interpret them is exactly how you did which is that they're there for a reason like i I, I believe that everything in life is there for a reason. So if it's, you know, a wild and kind of out there experience like that, then to me, it's, it's powerful. And it's like a sort of medicine that you were meant yes, to yes. ingest. Yes, it is. But prior to this, and, you know, like, and that's, and that's what led me on the journey. But prior to this, like, you have to understand, Mackenzie, like, I, I if I, if, someone told me this I'd be like oh come on man like yeah you know like 100% I you know and I wouldn't have shamed them or put them down but I would very much doubt right the entire story. like oh you were probably dreaming or sleeping or something like what like so how are you how did you not do that to yourself right because like if you're that if you're in that headspace you know prior like I'm, I'm thinking of like my older sister who I love. She's like, but she's very much rooted in the medical world. She's a doctor. She, that, that is her world. And if that had happened to her, she would have been like, hmm, maybe I just, you know, I don't know, something, something happened. Um, but never would have. I, I don't. I, mean, I shouldn't say that for her. But like, a lot of people like that wouldn't accept that that was an experience they actually had, and go on to do research about it. And and it sounds like you said it it did open this up for you so how like how were you so accepting of this and didn't like slough it off and um no that's sorry there's this i see it it's okay (laughs) 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 Um, at first uh so when you know when i I, so so first, first of all the imagery and memory is so vivid right so at first i'm kind of questioning like wait wait a minute but there wasn't enough facts so i okay so at first i was i was remember when i we recall the situation and i remember how vivid it was and then i remember how 
it was so jarring because it's so different than anything I experienced. Mm. So as I was dismissing it, like, okay, maybe I was just kind of seeing things like, like but then I was questioning, okay, okay, well, why were you seeing that? Mm. Why was it as vivid as, as it was? How did you pass out from this experience? You ended up in the hospital, like, wow. like, and you still, when I came to, it's the first thing I thought about. It wasn't like it wasn't anything else. It was the first thing was the, the the imagery and the vision was like and kind of put me. I could feel like a bit of a panic. So then, you know, I think sometimes it requires us to be honest with ourselves. So it was very easy. Like you can go in one or two directions. So I could start to dismiss it and look for reasons to say it doesn't fit. Right. And that's what a lot of people would do. You know, my sister is in, she's a physician assistant. She works at Mount Sinai in Toronto. So maybe like your sister, right? <laughs> yeah, like, totally. well, the medical explanation for this is the fault. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right? So, and they look at you like, I remember when I said to my sister, like, kind of having, I go, I'm having these visions. She put her like her medical hat on. She's like, well, what, well, what do you mean? And I was like, okay, there's no point. No, yeah. I'm not gonna, because I knew, and this is what I'm saying, we can do it to ourselves where we, once you've made up your mind, you're looking for reasons for it to not fit. So I'm looking mm -hmm. for information to prove that it was just a dream or it was false. Mm -hmm. But if I go and I approach it from an open space and I say, let me look for information on both sides, but let me also be open to the fact that it was something that's out of the norm. It's something that maybe I can't explain as easy as, you know, that's very factual. And then once you open up that possibility, then you can really give it an opportunity to explore. You know, I think most of us, you know, I say this a lot, if we can't detect it with our five senses, then it doesn't exist. It's not real. If I can't see it, it's not real because it's hard, too hard to explain. Right. But if I'm open to that possibility, then I can explore that possibility. And if I do, then I can find some reason to support it. And for some people, I feel like they flirt between the two worlds, totally. right? I can be a person, but also have my spiritual practice. But oftentimes you'll find people will fall on one side yeah. or the other. But for me, that's, I had to, I had to, because I, I just, I felt torn and I felt unsettled. I felt I felt confused because I was trying to, again, intellectualize it and be like, well, come on, like, what do you think? And then I was also at this place where I, I felt like I couldn't speak to anyone about it, mm -hmm. you know, like, because I know I would sound crazy. So what I did is I'm like, let's, we need, I need to explore this. So I started to explore it and do the research and I was finding out more information and, and yeah, that, that's kind of how I, how I dealt with it, but it's, it's taken time. It's really taken time. And it's, and what was once looked at as a horrific, like traumatic experience. Mm. Now I see the beauty in it, you know, and I, I talk a lot about it, like mistakes and challenges. Mm. And you said it like, yeah. you know, there's growth. It can be growth that, like, you know, if you explore it, you'll see the growth, like what's it's happening for a reason for you. Right. Yeah. So, and at the end of the day, if it allowed me to shift, and allowed me to um, remove the toxins that were in my life and the toxic people and the, the substances and it put me on a different path. You know, was this an experience, a bad experience at the end of the day, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so how easy or not easy was that transition? Because 
I mean, for some people, it's really easy. They're like, you know what? I just realized all these people, like I just cut them off one day and I, uh, you know, just moved on. And in a way, I sort of did that because I had a huge group of friends and I was like, ooh, like, okay, bye. Um, And in some ways, that's easier if you have people speckled throughout. And, you know, I'm just curious for you, that whole transition, it doesn't have to be just with people, but even with, as you'd mentioned, alcohol, drugs, et cetera. Were you, are you this kind of person who just like cuts everything off cold turkey? How did you transition? I, this was a bit of a cold turkey, right? Okay. Because following that experience. So it really, it did, it shook my foundation. It mm-hmm. really, really, they, you know, the universe was like, listen, we've been waiting patiently for you. Mm-hmm. And you were taking your own time. So we're going to, it was an earthquake. It was yeah. like shattering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm t- like someone threw me down a flight of stairs. So because it was like that, my response was kind of like that. So mm-hmm. um, I started to question a lot of things that I was doing. So, you know, there was like all the dance related stuff that I was doing, I don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the groups of friends that I have that were into a lot of drugs and substances and still are, I don't associate with. Um, and it's, you know, they'll still kind of reach out, but they can see I've pulled away. And for and and what I said to them, um, for some of them, I sent them text messages. I said, hey, you know what? I'm just kind of on a different path right now. So no disrespect to our friendship, but I you won't be seeing, you know, I, I and I just kind of threw that out there because they were gonna wonder why. For some of them, I called and I said, you know, I know we're into you're into a lot of things. Like I just don't want to be a part of that world anymore. You wow. know, I'm like I got to shift and do things differently. Like I want to do things differently, but I know our relationship. And these are like my male buddies, you know. Mm-hmm. So for some, like they couldn't understand. You know, they were just like, but they were they were every single person was like, okay, cool. Like I get it because I felt like they know to some extent like the lifestyle isn't conducive to a very healthy you know, lifestyle, it's like, there's some darkness attached to it, you know, there's some, there's some mud on your face, but you know, you walk around like it's clean, but they were okay. They were just like, yeah, I get it. You know, Um, I felt like a lot of people, it's funny you said that I got a message from a, like a girlfriend yesterday and yesterday evening and she messaged me and she's like, Hey, I just wanted to say like, you really inspired me we haven't spoken for maybe a year, mm-hmm. year and a half. She's like, I've seen, I can see on social media how you you don't associate with any of the people you used to associate and you're doing things completely different. Like it's it's magnetic, yeah. right? Because, you know, when you're on social media, I guess, and you post often, people can kind of see, they can see where your life is going without talking to you. So none of the people are the same that I associate with. And the things that I'm doing are completely different. And the things I post and speak about are very different. Things mm-hmm. before were very like what's glam and fun and material right. and cool, so to speak. You know, I was talking, and now it's very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she just said it's it's inspired me to really cut the things out that are not necessary for me. And, and I didn't even know that I was giving off that energy to her. So I was like, well, mm-hmm. thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, sometimes you just have to follow what's right. I felt, um, you know, Mackenzie, I was doing like, and I was doing a lot of even podcasts and I was talking to artists about musicians and singers and people like in the local Toronto area. 
about things and going to these events, it it started to just not feel right. Mm. It was a part of me that was just like, is this what you want to speak about? Mm. It's not what I wanted to speak. I can feel it. I could feel me like creating these posts or talking to them. And I was just like, it just feels artificial. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're trying, you're seeking something that's more authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't feel authentically aligned anymore. So I pivoted, like I had to pivot. It's almost like you don't even have a choice. You're yearning for something different. You know, it's like, uh, you know, before, like when you're always craving like unhealthy food or junk food all the yeah. time. And then you, when you, when you're, when you become, t- when you start to fill yourself up differently, you realize like you'll even have the junk food and you're like, oh, it's not really what I wanted. Mm-hmm. It's like that. That's what it felt like to me, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes so much sense. That is such a good way to put it. I, I absolutely love that. And I think it's, that's really, it's really hopeful too, because I think it can be scary to make a change. But if you can, can kind of take that in and understand, like, you know, taking, like making these changes, like at some point, it's not going to feel like a, a resistance. And at some point, you, you know, it is going to feel good. You just you yeah. just have to get over that little maybe like the little bit of a fear with like jumping into kind of a new life which is sounds like what you did yeah you you do like uh you know you talk about the fear at the beginning like i do i remember sitting with this i'm like i know it doesn't feel right but like what am i gonna do am i just gonna start talking about human design like mm-hmm. It's one thing to, you know, do the certification and work on it, but it's another thing to start talking. I'm going to talk about this. I go, what, if, what are my friends going to think? These, so this is, this is the resistance that I started to feel. Yeah. And this is me going back into here because for me, now that I'm, I've cut out all the other things, yeah, I can feel like it's a very visceral thing for me. So I can feel mm. when I'm like, oh, yes, okay, you know? <laughs> yeah. So doubt and fear and indecision kick in it's a very different it's coming from a different place but i still hear it you know i'm like okay oh shoot maybe i shouldn't do it so what was coming in was like the fear like okay well, what will people think mm-hmm. and then what to say and like are, like are they still going are they going to start making fun of you and how are you going to respond to this and people are not going to understand this and they're going to question what, what are you doing here at this big, you know, all those doubts. But then I was like, well, who does this bother? You know, like who's, who's going to feel embarrassed? Like me, like what part of me is going to feel not okay with this? Right. I also had to go in that direction. And I realized like, you know, maybe it's more ego that's going to be a bit bruised and, but I'm st- this is still something I I want mm-hmm. deep down. I know it's something that I want, and I figured out that you know when you, like when you when you believe that it, the best outcome will happen, the best outcome will happen. But if you lead from from fear, like you will create and manifest fear in your reality as well. So for me, I was just I just had to like trust it, mm-hmm. and it's still it's an ongoing thing right but i'm very comfortable now speaking to it like at a place where everyone knows like this is what you represent so like you said like as you go on the journey um and as you become more confident with who you are and what you're doing what i notice is that people around you also start to 
they almost it's almost like energetically they match where you yeah. are so if you are okay, this is who i am they'll say okay this is who you are and they won't actually ridicule you, you make fun mm -hmm. of you but if there's doubt and hesitation and uncertainty then they'll match that doubt and hesitation and they'll question you what are you doing like it's are you doing this full time like why are you doing it yeah. so it's really attached to your belief like i always quote this um quote from the Kabbalion, like as above, so below, as below, so above. So if I believe that this is what I need to be doing and I my desire is to do this and I makes me completely happy and I can see myself doing it now and my vibration matches that, what I notice is that I will attract those people and people will start to see me that way. Mm -hmm. But when I had the uncertainty at the beginning, I project that and then mm -hmm. question what I'm doing, right? So it's really starts within right so it's reflected with that yeah absolutely oh that's that's just so powerful and just really beautiful to hear and so to human design because i know that's like your passion i know that's what you've been doing and you do speak so well to it i had another guest on talk about it but i feel like we didn't go into a ton of depth with it and I mean we don't have a ton of time to go into a ton of depth with it but <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to hear even from a personal standpoint like how it's because clearly it's affected you and how you move through this world in yeah. what ways and and how does that serve other people too mm -hmm. yes so human design the beautiful world of human design um you know, so for those that are maybe not too familiar with human design, and I know that you are, we've spoke about it before, like it's a synthesis of modern and ancient sciences. Um, it takes in, you know, quantum mechanics, the Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching, astrology. Um, and what it does is it really looks at your energetic aura. So it says that when we come into this world, we have this energetic aura that we're birthed with, right? Um, and that's part of your aura type and we all have a different aura mm -hmm. and there's like generally there's five different energetic auras that are out there there's the manifestors which are really meant to kind of go out and create what they want to create in this world they're meant to initiate and create and they represent nine percent right and then we have the manifesting generators which are an energy type that like, which is myself, which mm -hmm. is 30% of the population. And with, you're really meant to respond to life. So you were meant to respond to symbols, synchronicities, energy that happens in your world. You're meant to respond to that energy. And then once you respond to it, then you're meant to create mm -hmm. and kind of create what you want in this world. There are the generators. I'm just kind of going to go through them. Yeah, really yeah. There are the generators. Generators are meant to respond to life. Generators... Um, they are not like the manifesting generators or the manifestors where they kind of go out and initiate, but they're really the worker bees. Their role in humanity is to kind of master things over time, right? So they have this abundance of energy. They're meant to go out and work hard, but do what they love at the end of the day. Um, there's the projectors, which I believe you are. Yeah, I can't imagine being a generator. That sounds great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, there are the projectors. Projectors' role in, um, in projectors' role in humanity is really to sense the gifts of others. They have a penetrating aura and a focused aura, so they can really read you, read the environment, and they don't have an abundance of energy like the manifesting generators and generators. So the projectors.
Vectors are here to kind of show us a different way of utilizing our energy. They're here to say that we don't have to use our energy in the way that we think we do, where it's go, 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 but it's more about um, protecting your energy, creating energetic boundaries. And then when you rest, you're more efficient, but honoring rest and seeing rest is a good thing. Whereas, you know, the social dialogue right now is that, you know, if you rest too much, then you're not productive. So you need to go, go. So projectors are showing us a different way. And then lastly, there's the reflectors. Reflectors make up 1% of the population. Reflectors are very rare, but their role, and they're the oldest type, but their energy, they're here to really sample the environment, the energy in the environment, sample other people's energy. Uh, they can really read people. Um, so it's very easy for them to kind of see, like I mentioned before, if you're in alignment or if the environment mm -hmm. is a healthy environment for them to be in. And they really pay attention to the lunar cycle so they base a lot of their decisions mm. on the lunar cycle um so overall in a nutshell what i'm learning from human design or the thing that i found impactful is that we realize that we all have different energy we also realize when you start to understand your design and your chart is that we all have different maybe strengths and weaknesses and characters that we're supposed to play mm. in this role of humanity and then when you start to understand that, you realize that, you know, sometimes conditioning has you believing you need to do something else. You need to do something. Um, this is what success means. I'll put it that way. Conditioning has taught us and programming has taught us this, this is what success means. And this is what you need to attain and go after. And the reason why you feel this disconnect, this dissonance, you feel fatigued, you feel out of alignment, you feel frustrated and burnt out is because you're not doing what's true to your energy and your design. Yeah. And when you start to do things that are authentically true for you, you find more ease and flow and grace in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I started to realize. And it also gives you permission to be who you are because everyone's energy type has a profile to it, has these different characteristics, I'll say. So once you start to dive deeper into kind of who you are with your human design, you realize like, okay, my life is kind of meant to evolve and unravel in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not supposed to look like the person to my left or the person to my the right. And success for me doesn't resemble success for this person. Mm -hmm. And the reason why this works for that person is because that's who they are based on their design. I just need to find out what works best for me. And then you start to realize that, you know, it gives you this permission to A, be who you are, but then you're very comfortable with where you are in life because your journey is very different, mm -hmm. right? You're not comparing yourself so much to other people to rate yourself and like, okay, now I'm doing well because I compared myself to so-and-so and I'm better than this person, but I'm worse than that person. Mm -hmm. And we do a comparative thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like with your design, it allows you to say, okay, just kind of take a look at your chart, understand where your strengths are, understand where maybe your possible weaknesses are, understand where you're opening to conditioning. Mm. And when you start to live in your conditioning, you feel out of alignment. Mm. But when you honor your energy and you honor your design, you have more flow and grace in your life. Wow. So it allows you to go inwards, right? It's like, okay, the first thing I wanna do then is I wanna understand my design, who I am, what works for me. Mm. The more I understand myself, the more I'll find harmony and flow in my external world the more I understand who I am and where I'm open to conditioning, 
the less likely that I'll I'll be pulled into commissioning. You know, if I understand that as a projector, I'm meant to honor my energy and not work these ridiculous hours. If I'm in an environment where people are expecting that of me, I'm not going to feel or be hard on myself because I can't keep up. I know that energetically that's not in the right alignment for me, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe I can suggest a different way of doing things, or maybe that career path is not the right career path for me, but it allows you to look at it from that perspective. And right. we don't tackle, take on the guilt and shame of not being able to keep up, but we look at it from a very empowering place, like, well, that's energetically, it's not right for me. So I need to love myself and honor what's best for me. Yeah. But I felt like when, especially even for me, like when I didn't understand my design, you know, I'll give you an example as a manifesting generator, you're meant to live a very, very experimental life. So you learn from experimenting, you learn from trial and error, you learn from not by someone telling you, hey, you shouldn't do this. Like the stove is hot and I'm the one to put my hand on the stove to feel if it's hot or not. <laughs> right. right, they say, don't go down that path. And I'm like, I peek around the corner and I want to experiment. It's mm -hmm. not enough manifest and generator to hear what's right and wrong. I need to feel it. And so that's how I know, I know by bumping into it, bumping into life and life bumping into me, but then, I gain knowledge and experience from that. Hmm. I gain resilience from that. So then for me, that's very true because I've been bumped into things and things have been bumping into me throughout my whole journey of life. As a man generator, your path is left and right and up and down and shifting. And, you know, so when I talk to you about it, whether it's working in IT and then doing dance and then doing counseling and living in japan and living in mm. korea living in china and being in the us and now back to canada i all that makes me who i am but i was at a place before mackenzie where when i didn't understand my design i couldn't understand why i didn't have a straight path mm. like some years so i started to look and say well, maybe something's wrong with me because like, hmm. this is where I should be doing it, right? Hmm. Society says find a job, a family, go straight. That's the key to success. Otherwise, you're seen as unstable. Right, right? totally. So, right, so for me, um, that's what human design is then. It's allowed me to kind of look back at my life and say, no, actually, you are living perfectly in alignment. You're not hmm. out of alignment because your life hasn't matched someone else, but you're in alignment. And everything is meant to help you grow and evolve and continue to follow your strategy and listen to your body and your intuition and you will evolve. And that's, that's my message for anyone. Like if they're, if anyone is looking to, if they feel energetically like they're out of alignment or if someone's in a place where they find they're comparing themselves to others a lot and that leads to feeling of depression or stress or bitterness within you know, it's almost like take a look at if you understand your human design, you understand who you are and energetically how you're supposed to move throughout the world and navigate the world. That could help you if you if you align with your body and your strategy, you'll just notice that, okay, the way I'm meant to do things is different. And then you give yourself to be where you are and move differently. Yeah, that's incredible. And you'd spoken to the fact that um, like the aura that you you have now I mean you it's 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 more magnetic than it used to be it's attracting like yeah. your old friend and 
and all of this stuff. And, and I think like what a beautiful byproduct for someone who's like kind of nervous or needs incentive. I don't know. Some, sometimes we need incentive to, to try new things. And, and so to hear you have these experiences, I'm not sure when you met your fiance, but maybe it was after this time too. (laughs) (laughs) Just like all these like nice results of really being yourself came from that, like your, your new path, Rod of Real, your podcast, everything that you're doing now. I imagine it all came from this point where you learned your human design. It did. It did. It really came after the shift, right? It's almost like, and that's what I said to you at the beginning, you'll be surprised how, I don't want to use the word quickly, but you'll be surprised how things start to come towards you when you're in alignment. Some things will take longer than others. Um, Some things are in this incubation process, so they need time to manifest into your reality, right? On this third dimension. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as you stay true to your desires and you live in this place where you are, in alignment like the things that are meant to come for you will come and and that's a beautiful thing and this was just such a tremendous shift for me because i created energetic space for the right things to come in but -hmm. when you're out of alignment you sometimes you mentioned this as well you hold on to things like you grip on to the life Mm. that this false sense of you just know it has to work out (laughs) but i put in so much effort but I've been doing this for so long so you know like you have this tunnel vision and blinders on (laughs) you know what I mean but then yeah when you come from a place of flow and alignment then you're like oh that didn't work out I guess it wasn't supposed to where's the growth of that and it's not that you've given up on life but you just energetically you're open to another possibility you're Mm -hmm. open to the fact that this didn't necessarily, this not working out is not a bad thing. I just, I can't see the good yet. It's not on the radar, so I can't see it, but this is not working out because it's not meant to. And wow, imagine what's about to come in if this didn't work out. Yeah. Can't wait. You're always like a little bit excited. You look at every day as learning opportunities, how I see it. Yeah. And it's beautiful that you have that perspective. Is there anything that you notice with people? Because obviously you've spoken to a lot of people. I mean, you do this um, for work now. Like, is there a struggle that people encounter when they first come into this whole world of human design that's pretty common? Like, yeah, I'm not sure what. Yeah. For me, what I've noticed is uh, like when anyone enters in, there's a curiosity. So they're at a place where they're open to discussing soul spirit um alignment um you know even creating from a a place where that's that they can't sense it things um the biggest challenge that i find that people will have though is really aligning fully with their strategy um getting out of the head and into the body and following synchronicities because uh, a lot of us still say like well i should do this and I should be doing that so when we that's what I was saying when we grip on to that like they have a a notion or idea as to how they have a vision for themselves and they've hold, held on to that vision but this also requires you to surrender and trust you know your your design a little bit so that's the struggle that's the tug of war like but I want this mm-hmm. what was your body well I know I could feel that but but what about you right and that's back and forth that people do it's also like trusting that what's meant for you will truly come in alignment for you 
mm-hmm. but can you trust it? Like, do you trust the universe that everything, you know, who, who says that Gabriel Bernstein, like the universe has your back? You know, a lot of people say that, but can you trust that? Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel they have a hard time doing that because there's this preconceived notion as to what success should look like for them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a false sense of security. There's fear there. There's scarcity. Like, you know, if it's a relationship that's not serving you, I've been in this relationship so long. So I know they don't necessarily make me happy. And I know they, they don't do all the right things. And I know like it has a lot of ups and downs, but I've been in it for so long. So I need to keep trying and I shouldn't. What would, how would it look? So we start to talk ourselves out of it, but you can feel within your body that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what a lot of people do. They're just not ready to fully trust it yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you? So t- it's a work for them. Sorry, you were saying. No, no, absolutely. And do you typically see then? I mean, I guess we all have different personality types. Do you see people having to kind of get to the end of their rope, or do you find there's something that people can receive in terms of advice from a coach like you or from someone? I find like for for a lot of people, um, what I try to do is I say because people are not ready to let go of the big things mm-hmm. like that they that they're hugging onto, yeah. they're not ready to really <laughs> totally. rip. I, I understand that because it's years, right? And there's safety, there's your safety net. So you want me to let go of what I feel safe it is so like foreign. So what I say is start with like, are there other places in your life that you're experiencing resistance that are less, you know, on a smaller scale? Because we all, we have a different experience, resistance in different areas. And then my suggestion mm-hmm. is, why not apply when you understand your design, apply your strategy and authority to that place, making decisions from a different place. Usually you're faced with a challenge and then, you know, we take our pen and paper out for some of us. So we begin to intellectualize it. Okay. Like what are the pros and cons? And then we do a cost benefit analysis. And like, how would this, like, I start to play it out here and then I make my decision. And then what I say is based on your human design, why don't you take a smaller place of resistance, apply your strategy and authority, make a decision that's more visceral, make a decision that's more instinctual, try there and see how it played out. Try trusting the universe there because you have maybe less to lose. So they might be comfortable with trying it there and then see how things played out. Did it work out? Okay. And, and that's how I kind of ease people into it, but it really comes from a place of trusting, but that's the way that usually works the best for people. Otherwise it'll be for other people. They're just at their end. Like they're really at the end or they've made this a big decision. Like maybe they've lost a relationship or lost their job and they're trying to start a clean slate. So now they're trying to implement a new strategy mm-hmm. or a new tool to accompany them in their new, on their path. That makes sense. That's such good advice to kind of start small and, and build from there. Yeah. Cause it's hard. It's hard to really jump into the deep end. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't swim, you know, <laughs> um, or you think you can't swim. It's hard to jump in the deep end, but if you, if you start the shallow end and you have the tools and resources, which is human design, which is like a life jacket preserver, mm. then you'll safe. I'm like, oh, really? I can, I can do this. And then you can yeah. make your way to the deep end and you'll notice like, wow, I'm not sinking and everything is fine still. And it's not as terrifying, you know, when I'm out there, but yeah. it's the process of trusting that and letting go that a lot of people just have to, to work on. Yeah, I love that. And now I have to ask because I can't believe it, but I already have to ask you where people can 
you know, come and learn from you, work with you, coach with you, get readings from you, all the good stuff that you do, your podcast, et cetera, share it all. Absolutely. Okay. So the, the podcast is so dope. So the podcast just released today. Uh, so for those that want to check it out, please check it out. Thank you. There's three episodes on there and, you know, we're talking about my story and we're talking about mistakes and we're talking about conditioning and then we'll lead into human design. And the goal of the podcast is really to, um, talk everything human design, you know, at a high level, raise consciousness, raise conscious awareness, um, and share stories of people's journey and how they've overcome it, right? As a collective, I feel like we can empower each other. So that, that is the goal with the podcast. So definitely check it out, subscribe and, and comment. Um, but they can reach me there. It's at on pods on Spotify, Apple, Google, some Rod Reels, the podcast. I didn't think about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, find me at the website, patrickdango.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram is Rotary as well. Definitely message me, email, um, ask any questions. It's like I'm here to, to serve and help. That is the goal. Yeah, it's. I am so excited to actually listen next. I obviously listened to the trailer, but I have to just say before you go, you have... It's funny, it's raw to real, and I know it has a different meaning for real, but I also just thought your reels on Instagram <laughs> are so good <laughs> that people need to check those out too because they're very inspiring. Like you have a gift with with those. And so it's probably Thank such you. a small thing that you do, but like it it is really inspiring. And I know friends of mine, I've told you, have been like, I'm so glad I found this guy. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time for the interview. We did ours. Um, you know, it's been great meeting with you and connecting with you. You know, you've been a great support. So I really appreciate you too. So sending you love. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the North Star podcast. I am so grateful for your time and your presence. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can send me a DM at MacValCastro on Instagram. I mean it when I say that I'm really always happy to hear from you, be it with regards to your insights gleaned from this episode or with regard to your own unfolding journey at large. I do believe that we each have our own North Star and it's our duty to do the inner work to get to know ourselves so that we can live in harmony with our souls, carry out our calling, and serve others with the gifts we have each been uniquely blessed with in this lifetime. Thank you again for joining us and I'll see you next time.